Without trust, we don't truly collaborate. We merely coordinate or at best cooperate. It is trust that transforms a group of people into a team. Stephen M. R. Covey. Welcome to All Means All. I'm Carolyn O'Hearn. And I'm Sarah Perglosi. We are two inclusive education enthusiasts striving to shift mindsets, challenge the status quo, and open more doors for all students in all settings, all of the time. In episode two, we reflected on the man in the arena speech from Teddy Roosevelt and the importance of taking risks and being vulnerable. Um, And since then, Sarah and I have been able to engage in several conversations with others uh, during the AT Town Hall and AT Chat. Yeah, Carolyn, and the conversation that we had really highlighted how many educators are feeling fatigued. And guys, we're only halfway through September. Uh, Many people were really talking about the cause of burnout could potentially be due to the staff shortages that we're experiencing. There's a huge lack of subs Uh, and educators. We keep asking them, hey, can you do just one more thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that came up during the town hall and the AT chat was this idea of how our professional development has really changed since the pandemic. We see a lot of districts that have a real uh, substitute teacher shortage. And as a result, a lot of educators are feeling more isolated than they'd previously been. Uh, We have those silos where it's hard to get out of classrooms and to be able to be in the same space uh, and that energy that it brings you when you get to see other educators who are problem solving and talking and getting excited about shifting our practices. Uh, So during our conversation, we just talked about how now more than ever, we really need to meet educators and families and just really each other where we're at, right? Uh, And by coming alongside of them. Yeah, what a really good point. And and just through some of these conversations and the feedback that we've had with these educators and really you and I, I feel like have brainstormed a lot of these possible solutions together for months on end now. Um, but we really can capitalize on coming alongside with them by being vulnerable and modeling this risk-taking. And I know we talked a lot about that in episode two, but I think with the, with the culture, the way that things are and just how everybody is so tired now and how everybody is feeling the burnout. We need to meet them where they are, not just say, here you go. So the first idea that we've had was really just not providing the tool or the resource and saying, well, have at it, but really taking that time to set it up and explain how to implement it and troubleshoot it, um, whether that's through video reflection or popping into the classroom in real time, or even just scheduling a follow-up meeting with them. You know, if we ask them at the end of the day, hey, how are things going? The staff are already like thinking of, you know, I've got to cook dinner tonight, or I've got to get Johnny to soccer, or like their brain isn't on what specific needs do I need to be filled in my classroom. Um, Same thing in the morning, you know, we're busy setting up the classroom. If you just have that, hey, how's it going? Um, You really don't get that genuine conversation and and that feel that someone really cares about getting those needs met too. Um, But also, you know, we, we don't have all the answers. And if we are new to the tool or the resource that we should be open with this and letting the family members or the classroom staff know what we do know um, and how we can support them as we all learn together. You know, taking these risks and making those mistakes openly, I think are going to be 
really powerful with some of these sites that are some of these teams that just feel completely overwhelmed already. Um, and I think that that's such a big thing is we don't have to have all of our stuff together. We can't always anticipate what the needs are or what changes we need to make in that moment until we get to that moment. So everyone who's listening, just kind of take a minute, take a deep breath and just say, okay, I don't need to have it all together. I can just figure it out as we go along. Yeah. And Carolyn, that brings up the point that it's so important that we give ourselves grace. Uh, We talk each and every day how easy it is to give grace to somebody else if they come to a meeting and you know what, they didn't have it all together. Um, But just you guys, when you're out there in the day and you are, the struggle is real for me, Mondays are always the challenge um, is give yourself some grace, give yourself some space. Uh, We're not saying to slack, but we're saying it's okay. Um, Just take one step forward, move forward, take a deep breath, um, but give yourself that, that opportunity and the grace. Uh, And Carolyn, so much of what you said resonated and really hit home when we were listening to the AT chat, uh, we're engaging in it, we're talking with the town hall, it really came back to, you know, we talk so much about being vulnerable and willing to take risks uh, and how important it is, even though it's scary, to model that risk taking and to share our failures. Uh, And also more importantly, what we've learned from them and how we've changed either our practice or our thinking. Uh, You guys, you're going to hear us say this over and over again. Uh, I'm not taking count, but I have a feeling we're at least approaching double digits here. Um, But it's okay to not have all of the answers. Uh, No one ever will. That's why we come to this space. We come to education, to the meetings that we're in as a member of a team. Uh, And it's so important to embrace everyone at that table as an equal teammate. You know, Carolyn, uh, when I first started out as an SLP, I worked a lot in birth to three. Um, And I remember the first few times I went, I really felt like I had to have all of those answers. I had this beautiful lesson plan. I had my Mm -hmm. big, bright, colorful, super duper bag. Mm -hmm. um, And I had this lesson plan. And in part, it was because it felt safer for me. Uh, If I walked into the home with a fun, shiny new toy um, and I had, you know, hey, today we're going to work on some prepositions and here's what we're going to do. I felt really good about that. But what I found is that I wasn't meeting the needs of the family, right? I wasn't Mm -hmm. um, showing up there for them, asking them in that moment, where are we at and what are we doing? Um, And so I really had to take that risk. I needed to be more vulnerable by showing up with some idea of what I wanted to target, uh, but it wasn't this beautiful lesson plan. I started to do bagless therapy um, Mm -hmm. and I ultimately just showed up in that space vulnerable and talking to them about what they needed. And what I found is when I started to focus on the needs of the family and how they fit into that larger communication goal, um, I saw greater gains and success with the students. Uh, Not only that, Carolyn, but the families were more engaged and they were more Mm -hmm. empowered. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's so true for educators. When we do the thinking for people, they resist. But when we show up in that space together, when we show up both as equal learners ready to learn uh, there's a lot more trust and the collaboration is so much stronger. Yeah. And, and you highlighted a really great point about breaking down unintentional silos that exist. Um, you as the educator coming in and saying, hey, we're focusing on this communication goal, but not really getting the family's input. Um, I mean, those are the silos, right? And so we really want to make sure that we're breaking those down either between families and educators or between other educators. Um, it's easy to fall back into that habit of 
connecting with those we know, or maybe even, you know, people we like or appreciate and connecting with those people, but recognizing that siloing or staying in your own lane may end up making more work for you or the families or the educators, or more importantly for the students in the long run. Um, And all of this goes back to the quote we heard in the beginning about trust. You know, we really need to truly collaborate with people. And this could be connecting with families and having conversations about what their priorities are. This could be chatting with paraprofessionals in the hallways to see what's on their mind in general. We can't only be out here trying to push our own agenda without understanding the receiving end of our message and what could be prioritized or seen as more important. Yes, Carolyn, it's really important. You're right that we connect with people and we make time to have those connections. And when we're able to connect with them, it's important that we celebrate the wins. It's hard when I am, you know, knee deep in reality of the challenge of work to see those wins. And so on the teams that we serve in, it's important for us to come to those spaces and to recognize and celebrate even the smallest of wins. Uh, Sometimes in education or in life, it feels like the ideal or the gold standard is so far from where we currently are. And sometimes it's hard to figure out how do I take that first step? Am I even making any progress? What does that look like? Um, And so it's really important that when we're on these teams that we can celebrate that. You and I have an opportunity. We lead a lot of meetings, guys. And one of the things that we both start a lot of our meetings with is asking people to share some of their successes. You know, what are students doing now that they weren't doing, you know, the last time that we met? Uh, What are some, what are our staff doing differently that they weren't doing then? And what I found is that these are the moments that often re-energize the group. It gives us that chance to just self-reflect and to say, you know what, we might not be at the finish line, but when we think about where we were a month ago or three months ago to where we are now, like, man, we are on our way. Yeah, I think part of championing others, uh, which we also touched on in episode two, really goes back to creating a safe environment where other people feel valued and not just that they're being given unsolicited advice and expected to make these changes immediately. God, change is hard, right? Oh, it's so hard, but it's so important too. And especially when we don't feel like we have a choice in adopting the change, it makes it even harder. Gosh, so true. So true. And I just, I think, um, thankfully, this is not like, we are not the only ones talking about this right now. And, and you as listeners, whether you're a parent or a caregiver or an educator, you guys know that all of this is happening in real time. Um, I feel like the, the teacher burnout or just people feeling fatigued or overwhelmed still from the pandemic, this is all still really real. And so there are tons of articles being written, but there was one I read recently on Slack that really provided four ways that you can cultivate a safer environment that respects learning and the change process. Um, And that first piece of advice, the first way is admitting when you're wrong. Um, So by demonstrating vulnerability and directness, we're showing others, family members, students, Uh, educators, that uh, it's okay to make mistakes and really to acknowledge in front of others, um, here here was my mistake and I'm telling you it's okay to make them because I'm also still making them in the moment. Uh, The second piece is uh, asking and truly considering the input of others. 
So it's one thing to ask people for feedback. Um, and I think anyone listening, and I know especially Sarah and I, uh, we can tell when people really want our feedback or if they're collecting feedback because that's just the norm, right? And so at the end of most of our, our PD sessions, at anytime we do a webinar or workshop, we ask for feedback because we genuinely want to know, like, what can we do differently? What did you take away from this? How can we still support you in all in your journey? And we're going to follow through on that, not just yeah, fill out these answers and then we'll get to you if we get to you. We truly want to know how can we help support you. And um, so when you're asking for input, when you're looking for this, uh, make sure that you're genuine and you do something with that feedback, not just collect it to show some really good data that, oh yeah, there's some really good takeaways or, oh look, like the questions all have the same theme, but that you really want to do something with that and, and get back to the people who are providing and taking the time to give you that data. Uh, part of also asking for feedback and asking for this input is uh, making sure we're not the experts. Um, and I say that, and I just had a conversation with one of our other colleagues the other day, that we want expertise. Obviously, there are going to be people that have more knowledge and skills and experience with these certain content areas. And so we want them to be filled with expertise, but getting kind of away from that structure of they are the one person, the expert who knows all of the information. Um, if you always have the answers or want to be the person who finds the answers, then people will expect you to take all of the risks on their behalf. And they may not feel that their ideas or insight would be helpful. The third idea is all about how we respond to questions or honest doubts of our team members. Um, I feel like now more than ever, people are open with their concerns, but we need to stop and pause and ask, you know, are we genuinely listening to the concerns of the team or are we listening enough to respond and reinforce our own ideas and say, yeah, but that's a good point. However, we're still moving forward with this change. Uh, if others feel like they can really express their concerns, or ask questions or share their doubts, that really opens up the opportunity for a conversation. Fourth way is uh, to forgive the mistakes of others. So not only are we saying, make the mistakes, jump in, look, I make mistakes too. But if someone actually makes one and brings it to you, what are we doing with that? So like Sarah said earlier, none of us have the answers or are perfect and we never will be. Um, instead of focusing on the negative outcome, Let's acknowledge that it was caught and that the team member tried to change their practice and figuring out what we can learn from it for next time. So remember that if we're going to fail, let's fail greatly. Yes, Carolyn, I love that idea of just going all in, taking the risk. Um, and if we fail, it happens, right? That's how we learn. Uh, that's how our systems get better. That's how our services get better. And so much of what you just said reminded me of Todd Henry's book, Herding Tigers, oh, yes. uh, oh, yes. Be the Leader That Creative People Need. And you guys, when I first met Carolyn, it was probably the very first day that I met her. Um, Mike Murata shared this book. So of course, I had to go out and buy it. And I've got it sitting right here on my desk. Um, but in it, he talks so much about how as leaders, we need to provide two things more than anything else to the teams that we serve. And it's really stability and challenge. And so when we provide that safe or stable environment, it allows the people on our teams to focus on solving the problem or the task at hand versus just trying to make sense of the uncertainty of the workplace or the team dynamics. And once we're in that safe or that stable environment that you just talked about, 
we can truly challenge each other to engage in work that naturally fills our buckets, uh, that allows us to grow. So again, without trust, without vulnerability or taking risks, I'm not sure that any of this can happen. Yeah, gosh, it's so true. And I, I love that you keep, you brought it back to, yeah, the stability piece is important, but we still need to have that challenge behind it. Change isn't easy. We've said that and we will continue to say that time and time again. So yeah, that challenge still needs to be there. Remembering what that end goal is. What is that outcome of the student that we is really driving our work? Um, so we are going to challenge you this week uh, to really create a safer space and build trust with the teams that you work or interact with. So think about what steps are you going to take? What teams may need to be given more grace than others? How can we welcome input and truly collaborate with others for the benefit of the students? Remember that those students need to be at the forefront. Thanks for joining us again this week. If you're looking to add other AT professionals to your professional learning network, or if you're simply interested in joining the AT Town Hall for the AT Chat, head over to Twitter and follow Mike Murata, one of our favorites, at MMATP, as he posts links to both events, or follow the hashtag AT Chat. And join us Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.